You are listening to Alter Echo, a scripture and message podcast with pastors Andy Smith and Kim Kylo of St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Thanks for joining us and worshiping with us. Welcome back, friends, to the Alter Echo Sermon Podcast. This is your scripture and your message for Sunday, July 17th of 2022. This week we are reading chapter 46 of Brian McLaren's book, We Make the Road by Walking, which is titled Spirit of Service. So we have two readings that we'll read together in worship, and I'm actually going to read both of them for you because I think the coupling of these two readings together is pretty important and formative for how we think about the spirit of service in and among us as people of faith and as the church today. So first, um, if you've got your Bible, you can open on up to the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Paul writes, If there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation in love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. But Jesus emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, or, some translations read, the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Here ends the reading. Our second reading is from the book of John, chapter 13, beginning with verse 1. Which reads, Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, Jesus got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to Jesus, Lord, Are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. 
Simon Peter said to him, you, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but my hands and my head also. Jesus said to him, one who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For Jesus knew who was to betray him, and for this reason he said, not all of you are clean. After Jesus had washed their feet, had put on his robe, and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So, if your teacher and Lord has washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you should also do as I have done to you. Dear friends, this is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. As I take in these two readings, it really strikes me that Jesus has the spiritual gift of doing the opposite of what people expect him to do. So many times in scripture, Jesus does, not only does he not do the thing that people think he will do, but he does actually the inverse of what people think he will do. Jesus has a spiritual gift of surprising people, and even he surprises us who perhaps have read the Bible in different forms a couple of times, a few times, have heard some of these sacred stories again and again and again. I am always surprised and delighted when I, as a person of faith, come to the scriptures, including ones that I feel like I know pretty well, <laughs> and am surprised by the presence and the posture of Jesus in some of these stories. And this is one of them. This reading uh, from John 13 that we typically hear on Monday, Thursday in the church year as we prepare for Jesus' death. But perhaps today Jesus will surprise us as we hear it, not during Lent, not during Holy Week, but as we hear it during the season in the church called Ordinary Time, the season when we think about how Jesus is present and calls us to be present in our normal, ordinary lives. So, Jesus' spiritual gift of surprising people and doing the opposite of what people expect a teacher, a rabbi, a leader of faith to do. How would you have felt if you were Simon Peter, sitting at supper with Jesus, and when the time was customary for someone, typically a servant in the household of the host, to come around and wash all the dirt and the dust off the feet of the travelers, so that everyone can be ritually clean for the meal, an act of servitude or service, an act of care and respect for the recipients. How would you feel 
if instead of a servant coming to do this act of hospitality and care for you, it was Jesus who did. Someone that you regard quite highly and with a lot of respect and authority in your life as a disciple. Someone whom uh, you tend to serve and care for turns the tables, flips the whole script, shatters the social norms, and instead comes around to you and says, I am going to wash your feet today. I mean, let's be honest, I can almost imagine Simon Peter's jaw just dropping and hitting the floor. It is so low. <laughs> Saying something to the effect like, are you, are you serious, Jesus? You? are going to wash my feet. Are, are, are you sure you don't mean the other way around? I should probably be the one to wash your feet, Jesus. In this telling of the story, I can almost hear Simon Peter's initial discomfort and even resistance to the idea that Jesus, the one in their group with the power, the one who has the respect of the crowd, the one who has the authority that he would be the one to stoop down low on hands and knees, taking off, having taken off his outer robe and serving his disciples and caring for them. This kind of reversal of power and social norms is not what Simon Peter expected to do expected Jesus to do. Even after Simon Peter and the other disciples have followed Jesus and watched Jesus do the surprising thing and the inverse thing time and time again. Often in the Gospels, we hear stories of Jesus surrounded by these great, huge crowds, feeding thousands of people, preaching to a multitude, getting pressed in on by the crowd because everybody wants a piece of Jesus. Everybody wants to see him. Everybody wants to touch him. Everybody wants to get on the reputation of healing and power that they've heard about Jesus. And so, so often Jesus is surrounded by just huge numbers of people. But in this story, like in some others, this is not unique completely, but in this story, we get sort of a complimentary view of how Jesus serves and cares for God's people. Jesus here shows us that service to others, a spirit of service, we might say, is about doing small things for people. Here, he does a small, simple, ordinary thing like washing his friend's feet, an act of hospitality and care for his closest 12 friends. Jesus does something that is probably so regular for them that they wouldn't even think about it, except, except that instead of a servant of the household, it is their teacher, their Lord, who upends everything and takes power on its head and assumes a posture of power in a completely different way, in power through care, 
and respect and genuine compassion. Like I said, this is not the only time in the Gospels that Jesus does a small or seemingly small act of service or care for a few people or for even just one person. How many times in scripture do we see Jesus heal one sick child or cast out the demon of one, one person? Or speaking even from the cross, Jesus speaks hope to the two criminals being executed alongside of him. We could go on and on with these examples, but I, I offer them to say, to witness for us that these acts of service might have been small to onlookers. But to the recipients of Jesus' care, to that one sick child, to that one person being plagued by a demon, to those two criminals who were literally on their last breaths, these acts of service and care and respect from Jesus would have made a world of difference. As followers of Jesus, you and I are invited into this spiritual growth today to recommit ourselves to small acts of service with great love. In her book, Emergent Strategy, Adrienne Marie Brown invites us to think about how we change the world, right? We look around the nation and around the world and see these huge monumental issues that move so much slower than any of the rest of us would like them to move. But we see these huge widespread issues that seem so complicated and often even daunting, right? How do we make a significant change when so many people and so much is involved? Well, Adrienne Marie Brown claims for us or posits the idea that in order to transform the whole world, you must first transform yourself. She says it this way, small before all. So lest we get daunted and overwhelmed by the bigness of some of the really important and serious issues our world is facing today, let us make this a bit more manageable without minimizing it and begin, begin by practicing care and honor and liberation for our neighbors in small ways with the people around us first. Because when we learn to practice serving our neighbors in small or simple ways, Adrienne Marie Brown says that our small acts or the collection of our small acts of service make a difference together. The Episcopal priest Becca Stevens speaks about this in a similar way. Becca Stevens is the founder of Thistle Farms, which is a social enterprise run by survivors of sexual abuse, trafficking, and addiction. Three issues we might all be able to agree are pretty widespread and pervasive and seem like a daunting thing to steer the ship on for just one person. But Becca Stevens knows something about this. She writes this, and I quote, Now I can see that one loving gesture 
is practically divine. We have to do small things and believe that a big difference is coming. It's like the miraculous drops of water that seep through mountain limestone. They gather themselves into springs that flow into creeks that merge into rivers and find their way to oceans. Our work is to envision the drops as oceans. We do our small parts and know a powerful ocean of love and compassion is downstream. Each small gesture can lead to liberation. The bravest thing we can do in this world is to step out and just do something for love's sake. When we think about Adrian Marie Brown and Becca Stevens' words, here's what I have for you today. Our small acts together can add up. Not only yours, all the collection of your one individual person's small acts of service and great love, but the small acts of all of us as people of faith and as people of no faith can add up together to accumulate to a bigger, broader, collective transformation of service and care across the board and across the nation and across the world. So let us not be daunted by the enormity of the world's issues. Let us commit to the spirit of service that we see in Jesus Christ, who shows us in taking a posture of humility, that small acts of great love most certainly matter. There's one more thing I want to say to you today that I think bears weighty on this conversation. If you go back to our Philippians reading, that is Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, we see juxtaposed two things that really name the character of what the spirit of service is all about. In Philippians, Paul says that Jesus did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. Not as something to be exploited. And if we hold that together with something else in Philippians, namely that Jesus Paul writes, took the form of a slave. These two show us that in faith, a spirit of service and caring for our neighbor is never a transactional matter. The spirit of service is never about using or abusing other people for the sake of service. Now, you might know, or you might not, that in the original Greek of the New Testament, the word used here for slave can also be translated as servant. So, knowing and and respecting our neighbors who have experienced slavery in the modern world, um, either human trafficking slavery or um, racial kind of slavery, We have to name, as people of faith, that this is not what Jesus is endorsing here, um, 
with a model of service for us. Because Jesus models for us that our status as people, regardless of what kind of status that may be, is never a reason to exploit one another or to exploit our power and privilege. That a spirit of service is born in genuine compassion and true respect. Two things that are conclusively absent when slavery is involved. So if we are to join up with Jesus in the global transformative work of service by the power of the Holy Spirit, then it is never a power that oppresses the other. It is never the kind of power that uses service um, as a way to make another person a means to your end of feeling good about yourself for helping someone else. But a spirit of service is born when we put aside temporarily or more our own needs alone, upholding and uplifting and honoring the need of the one being served. So, where is the spirit sending you to serve? Who is the spirit calling you to serve perhaps in a whole new way, with small acts of great love. How can we, as the church, as the collection of Jesus' disciples in this world here and now today, how can we be part of a movement of widespread transformation that begins with small acts of service? Let us consider this. Let us see ourselves caught up in the spirit of service so that we might live into the great tradition of Jesus' words. At the end of John 13, here verses 14 and 15. If I, your teacher, and I'll paraphrase here, have served you you also ought to serve one another. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. For this complicated and beautiful call and invitation of faith to serve our neighbors near and wide, let us bravely give thanks to the Lord our God, trusting in Jesus Christ. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button, and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. 
thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give. And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.